Welcome to Australian Hiker, your online hiking resource. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 90 of the Australian Hiker podcast, and in today's episode, we're going to be discussing the well-known tent brand, Big Agnes. We hope you enjoy. People who are into their outdoor adventures will be aware of the outdoor store Wild Earth. But for those of you that are new to the outdoor environment, Wild Earth is located on the Gold Coast, approximately 90 kilometres south of Brisbane. They provide a large range of hiking and camping brands, uh, including those hard-to-find items. In addition to having a large shop front, they cater for both the Australian and the international markets, providing an excellent shopping experience online. Now, my first experience with Wild Earth was around about five years ago when I upgraded to the first of my modern tents, and then again around about three years ago when I was looking at getting a newer, lighter-weight two-person tent, and it was at this stage I discovered the Big Agnes range. Today we're here at Wild Earth talking to Chuck Cartrell specifically about the Big Agnes tent range, which they import and sell, to find out why these tents are so popular. So Chuck, thank you for providing your time today. Yeah, thanks for coming into the shop this morning. All right. Um, firstly, what's your role here at Wild Earth? So for just over a year, I have been the shop floor manager and um, work with other departments as well. We're uh, very popular online throughout Australia nationwide, and our retail shop located here on the Gold Coast uh, services anywhere from North Brisbane down past Byron Bay. All right. Um, so can you provide a bit of a brief background into the Wild, uh, Wild Oath uh, uh, store and about the philosophy behind the products you sell and the services you provide? I think as simple as we can say it, you know, our our job to our customers is enable and equip everyone with the equipment that they need for a lightweight adventure. And you can come into our retail store and the experience is knowledgeable staff. We're interested in your adventure, your story. We want to help provide some good options, some of the best options that we can find, quality products that you can then take out on your adventure and have the best experience possible. All right. Um, I must admit, I mean, for me, this is the first time I've ever been into Wild Earth. I've been shopping with them for a number of years online, being Canberra-based. And um, I'll go through and put some video and some uh, uh, photos up online. But I must say, it is a pretty impressive store. It's uh, it's one of the probably one of the best outdoor stores I've been into into the country. So um, it was good to actually come up here and have a look and just to see what it's all about. Yeah. Thank you very much. So today we wanted to look at the uh, the Big Agnes range of tents, and um, up until a, a few years ago, I hadn't come across this brand, um, and it was when I started doing a bit of research about getting a lightweight two-person tent for my wife and I, um, and um, it's... Um, you know, eventually, once I sort of made that that sort of uh, that did all that research, I made the decision that Big Agnes was the way to go. Um, but what is it about the Big Agnes range that makes them so popular? I think for existing customers and new customers uh, looking to purchase a tent, 
one of the first things on the forefront of their mind is that they're after the best value. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean you need to buy the cheapest or the most expensive. And Big Agnes, to us, I think sits themselves right at the top of the bell curve. They're not going to be the cheapest, but they're high quality. They're very, very light. And the strength that you're going to find from these tents is just spot on for continuous use. If you're an enthusiast, then you're going to look for this level of quality. If you're someone new, this is the kind of tent that you're going to buy once and you're not going to grow out of it. And um, they've got enough options as well if you're a high experienced hiker, trekker, and you're looking for the pinnacle of quality, the best lightweight materials, uh, they're going to have offers for that as well in their new platinum line that we've just brought in. All right. Um, I mean, just off the top of your head, and this might be a question that you may not know the answer to, how how long has Big Agnes been around for, both in Australia, I suppose, uh, and um, um, if you're aware of in in the US, I mean, any idea about that? Uh, the history of when the company started, uh, I would I would definitely direct you to their website. They give you a really good story there. Now, for Wild Earth, we purposely went and sought out Big Agnes. So we've been uh, an importer direct uh, for many years now, and because of the quality that we found, we felt like this would be the perfect brand to make that effort bring it all the way into the States, directly into the shop and, and online space. Um, and so far, it's just proven so consistent in quality. The availability is here. And they're starting to also grow into that really ultralight market, which I think is starting to see a resurgence as we see the industry go from, oh, I want ultra heavy, ultra durable and canvas packs. And right now, there's a, quite a bit of trend for through hiking and with through hiking, we're looking to get as light as possible, but we don't want to sacrifice the quality. And Big Agnes, again, it just sits perfect into that market. All right. And I believe, um, and even though we're talking about the tents today, I believe they also do a few other products as well. They do uh, sleeping pads and a few other bits and pieces as well. They'll produce the whole bedroom, as it's often said here. So, you know, the, the tent, the pillows, the uh, pump sacks to fill up their sleeping mats. And, and they all work together. They're all similar in that they're looking for quality, durability, but also lightweight. And with that in mind, there's the old saying, light, strong, and cheap, pick two. Yeah. Uh, I think Big Agnes keeps things reasonable. Uh, they're not going to, again, be cheap, but you're going to find that they're durable. You're going to find that they're light, and they're of a reasonable price. Now, at the pinnacle of what they make, the really ultra, ultra light stuff it's going to take care, maybe a little bit more care because it's being used often. But often the person looking for that ultralight equipment is fairly well experienced. They understand the extra care that you'll need for these, you know, get a footprint for the tent. That'll help the tent last longer. We don't always get a, get the chance to pitch our tents on pro- perfectly mowed grass. Uh, but with that knowledge, and that's something that we want to help you as well in store, is not just sell you the tent, but make sure you understand what needs to happen through the life of the tent, proper expectations of durability, and from there, you'll be able to make the appropriate decision which one is going to suit me best. All right. Okay, so let, well, let's start having a look at some of the tents now. Um, and we've actually got um, three, set, uh, three tents that we've got set up here today, which we're going to go through and look at. 
Okay, so as I said, we're going to be looking at three tents here today. Uh, so tell us about the first one we're, we're looking at at the moment. So brand new to Wild Earth here in the last week. Um, Big Agnes has brought out a Platinum Series version of their most popular models. And the Fly Creek is always at the forefront of the experienced, lightweight, almost ultra-lightweight hiker's mind. And what draws most people into these tents versus other ultralight options is that for something that's almost getting down to a kilo, it's still considered a full-featured tent where other companies are going to go to a single wall where you'll have issues with ventilation. Um, you're still getting a full intermesh liner. You're getting a full coverage rain fly. Now, the Fly Creek setup-wise is almost a full freestanding tent. It's going to save weight by reducing the amount of poles that you use, which means you're going to have to take two more stakes and stake out the foot. Yep. Not a big issue for somebody who's looking to save that extra weight. It's going to be what we call a tunnel entry. You're going to enter from the front, which means a little bit less space. But again, we're coupling this type of tent with someone who's already taking less weight and space is on the forefront of their minds. Now, the Platinum Series over the standard ultralight series, which we've carried for a while, is going to provide same waterproofing, but you're going to upgrade the material. And it's going to go from a 20 denier down to a 7 denier. Okay. Now, with that, you're going to have to take a little extra care. You're going to sacrifice that little bit of durability, but you're going to gain in the weight department. And if an experienced hiker is willing to accept that and understand the care that they need to get that ultralight tent. Um, I, I must admit, I, um, up until a few years ago, it was, you know, it was, it was always being used to the heavier grade tents. I think the, the, the first tent that I, that I had in recent history was about a three and a half kilo tent. Uh, and, you know, after doing a particularly strenuous hike, I thought, this is killing me. I'm getting too old. I need to start lightening up and what can I do about it? So I started looking at the lighter weight tents. And, and I must admit, I was surprised that, as you say, we're starting to get into a lighter weight material. And, and as you say, it's about providing that tiny bit of extra care, not being as rough as you may be uh, on some of the uh, on some of the the heavier grade ones that you know that can cope with that. You know, they're canvas tents; they don't care; they they cope with it. These ones, uh, um, I do own a, a seven denier tent, and I find that. You know, I'm a reasonably big guy and I tend to be a bit rough with my gear and I find even for me, paying a bit of extra attention, they, they seem to last well. I think it's just that focus of, as you say, it's treat them treat them carefully uh, without out babying them and they seem to survive without too much problem. Well, and, and the other side of the thing, I mean, there's so many stats you can you know, go on websites and, and read every stat in the world and spreadsheet and formulate your world to make a decision. Uh, but one of the things that I noticed from my experience is over time, even though a tent brand might say, well, we're using heavy denier nylons, we're building something rough and tough, and it's heavy for a reason, you should buy that. You know, the fatigue of the material is something you don't see out of the box, but you'll experience the moment you start using the tent as that as that nylon is it woven tight is it woven loose you know that that makes a difference and often on the less expensive tents you're not looking for the user to use it often 
so that fatigue doesn't set in for a while. But the enthusiast who's looking for something that will last a long time, even with those lighter weight fabrics, how those fabrics are made, the tightness of the weave, how that waterproofing is applied continuously, I think you'll still find that the fatigue of the fabric, the tightness of the fly over the inner mesh, it maintains that perfect shape much, much longer through life. That's a big part of why you're going to make that bigger investment, which really isn't that much. From an entry-level tent, you're only talking a few hundred dollars extra, and you're starting to move yourself into a tent that's going to get you probably double the life at times uh, pending use. So, you know, there's there's value to a lot of people for that. And you're still going to get it um, out of these tents, even though they're considered ultralight. Um, I think they, they position themselves well and they're made well enough to give you that value in the end. All right. So this this Fly Creek we're looking here at the moment, uh, and as I said, I'll put photos up online of uh, of these tents. This is a one person tent. It uh, um, and I believe it comes in a two person as well. The Fly Creek will come in both. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll have a single door entry. Yep. And obviously, you can see this is a tunnel style. So a um, little bit of area in the front uh, for an ultralight. There's plenty of space to put your lightweight backpack, a little bit of gear inside. And the two-person could be that individual that likes to go out on their own, wants that extra space inside the tent to put their gear, maybe even bring the misses along for a trek every now and then. Um, the two-person is very popular with bike packers, motorcyclists that are looking to be really lightweight because those types of people will carry extra gear. And they may need to cover that gear and keep it dry. So uh, just because you're a single hiker doesn't mean you need that one-man tent. You might look into the two-man, still a very reasonable weight. Okay. So in other words, the Fly Creek really is aimed at someone who really was, does want to go as light as they possibly can, um, who isn't carrying huge amounts of gear, depending on whether they're going for the one or the two-person, uh, and also doesn't mind the, the front-opening style of tent. Uh, which you either like or you don't, and that's going to be purely a personal preference. Absolutely. Um, you do have to stake out the rear end. So um, one thing a lot of people will ask about a tent, is it easy to set up? And I still think it's easy to set up, but you have to accept that the ground surface needs a few extra stakes with this tent. Yeah. Uh, so you might need to be a bit more selective about where you pitch it. Uh, the copper spur, on the other hand would be a full freestanding tent. You're still going to stake out the rain fly. Yep. Uh, and in a bad weather, you might take four or five extra stakes, you know, just to really make sure the tent is solid. But that's the advantage of coming from a fly creek to the copper spur where you've got double vespule size on a two-person, double entry. You know, there's going to have some creature comforts that you're going to like if you spend more time at camp or you're more often taking two people. All right, so we may as well go on to the uh, the copper spur now. Now, the copper spur that we're looking through here, I've, I've got a copper spur two-person tent at home, which I've had for a few years. This is looking a bit different. So what's, what's different about this model that we're looking at? So the one we've carried for a while, and I believe the one that you have, is the Ultralight Copper Spur 2, uh, one of our best-selling tents. Uh, what we've got set up here on the floor is the new platinum version of the tent. Uh, design, the pole structure hasn't really changed. You're actually going to get a very similar pole aluminium wise 
that you will in this platinum tent. What they're trying to do is shave that extra few hundred grams in the fly material and the base material. It's actually coming out as the same waterproof rating. So even though we're using a lighter weight nylon here, you're still going to weather exactly the same as if you had bought the ultralight. Now, a lot of people will say, well, I'll just save the money. It's 200 grams here. Make that decision 10 times, which I guarantee you're going to have the opportunity to make that decision 10 times from backpack to tent. You just took two kilos off your back. So for a lot of people, uh, as they go about it, especially someone looking to buy a lot of gear brand new and introduce themselves, definitely have that in your mind. Uh, the lighter the tent, the lighter the cook set, and eventually you get down and you actually can go with a smaller backpack and a lighter backpack, and which ultimately means what's, what do you want to value? The lighter hiker values hiking comfort. The heavy hiker values the camp comfort. Uh, through experience, you'll be able to find what's important to you and then make those decisions. And I think that's a, that's a thing, a process we've been going going through over the last few years. Um, I On my recent Bibbleman track hike, I fully loaded. I was probably carrying 18 kilos, but that was with eight days of food as well uh, and three litres of water. But um, I am still looking at ways of trying to shave weight off, and I'm I'm not quite to the stage of cutting my toothbrush handles off. But That's step one. <laughs> um, I have done it occasionally when I'm going to need to fit it into the bag, but otherwise it's more from a, a fit point of view. But I think certainly, um, you're looking at this tent through here. It's 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 quite interesting actually. The um, the it appears that the um, the platinum range um, it almost looks like it's translucent. Uh, the I mean it's obviously a thinner material than the standard tent, um, but thinking back to what my tent looks like, the standard copper spur, this one I think it'd almost be if you had a, a light inside, it'd be very translucent. Uh, if you if someone was standing on the outside, or is that not the case? I would say you could definitely do a quality shadow puppet show <laughs> from the inside of these tents. Uh, they're not as vibrant as you'll find others. Yeah. And there's enough privacy. It's not transparent. So uh, well, there are things that you find. If you look at some of the lightest weight sleeping bags that we have, the material tends to be non-dyed, very white, you can actually see the down through the material. So, it, again, it's something that you accept. And it's just part of the design that as you go to these really light, lightweight things, obviously you're going to be able to see through these a little bit more. Um, but that's obviously a consideration. If you want a more opaque rain fly with a more vibrant color, such as the ultralight, it's a brilliant orange. If you're camping above tree line and you need someone to rescue, you probably want the, the brightest tent. That's why alpinists always have the greens and the blues and the reds because you, you just want to be found. Uh, you might disappear a little bit in the snow fields with this tent, but that's <laughs> not necessarily a bad thing for some people as well. We go to the, we go to the wilderness, we go to the bush to kind of get away from things and it's okay to blend in. Um, I'll let you guys decide if you like the color or not. But I must admit, looking at looking at the tent from a visibility point of view, there is that orange sort of coloration on the inside of the tent that I'm used to with the copper spurs. But outside, it, it is very much a – it's a trans, translucent, almost pearl sort of color. 
and I know that some people don't like the bright, vibrant colours, and I think this may be an option for those people that you know had been looking at the copper spurs but didn't like the bright orange. This is definitely physically it looks like the same sort of tent, but yeah, it, it's a very different colour wise. So. Uh, as you say, it's um, it's not going to be as obvious when you're in the bush in this in the in the, the platinum range of these tents. Um, so apart from the lighter weight materials they're using on these, um, is there any other differences in the actual structure of the tent itself, or is it still very much the the copper spur um, tent design that people might be used to? Very consistent. If you're coming from uh, ultra light copper spur two and you've had it for years and you're looking to pass that along to someone else or you're ready to continue to lighten up, you'll find the space, the waterproofing, uh, the headroom. Uh, they're not looking to change the base design of the tent. We're simply trying to provide an option for that customer out there that really is critically looking at everything they're carrying and finding ways to help them go further faster be able to climb things the heavier weight you have on your body the more your body fatigues throughout the day hiking so that may mean that you don't want to go on that spur to get the pretty picture because you're tired every time you make a lightweight choice you give your body more energy and you might actually say you know what i will go out and try to run up this quick little ridge and grab a picture maybe i'll take the side trail maybe i'll take the scenic route instead of the direct route uh, and, and that's, I think, where this tent series really fits in. It is that next step for the person that's looking to do long adventures. And weight is a premium. Space is a premium. Uh, the size packed isn't that much different. It's really focused on the weight without sacrificing the ultimate performance and durability of the tent. All right. Now I've got, as I said, I've got a, I've got a, a copper spur UL2, which is the, the, the ultralight as opposed to the platinum range. I do have a footprint. Will the footprint off my copper spur tent fit this one as well, or is it a slightly different sizing? You should be able to use your existing footprint. How the fly and how the poles attach to the tent hasn't changed. Yeah. And we can see that just looking at all the different models in front of us. They've kept it consistent. Which is good because a lot of times things do become obsolete when a new item, a new model, a new redesign happens. Obviously, that happens with shoes a lot for people where things are upgraded from year to year and that perfect fit that you love suddenly doesn't fit quite the same. Uh, so at least in this case, what we're finding is that you can still use the footprint here. Footprint to us is, is going to be the sacrificial piece in the long term. Yep. It's yep. what protects the waterproof it was what keeps the tent lasting longer the most. And as you notice that one wearing down, you know, pop on in, grab another and continue to extend the life of your tent. I must admit, I um, even though I do own the footprint, I, I don't use it that often. I tend to look at the hikes that I'm doing. So uh, as an example, Larapinta Trail, definitely want the footprint. Uh, you don't get sites up there without rocks uh, or you, you're pretty unlikely to in most cases. So the footprint certainly does help protect the tents. And you're only looking at about 170 to 113 grams. So it's, whereas, yes, well, the whole conversation we've had is let's get lightweight. And then here we are telling you to put something adding, in your pack that's <laughs> negating a little bit of that weight savings. Uh, but, but again, like you said, that's something that 
through experience, you'll find, do I need it or not? And potentially in a lot of cases where you're going to have designated campsites or you know there's there's good places to be, uh, that's when you might make that decision. Maybe I don't take it this time around uh, and then take it out when I definitely know we're going to have rough ground. And I must admit, if I if I have made the choice not to take the uh, the footprint on a hike, I spend a lot more time farming the area before I put my tent up, getting rid of the sharp sticks and these sharp rocks. Mm. So it's um, you know, I just pay, take the bit of extra effort, and I think that's that's certainly a choice you make. It's you know, do you want the the, the extra protection, or do you want to uh, um, uh, save the weight, and uh, and as a result, you have to do a bit more time setting up. Well, and that's part of the the care of the tent that we spoke about earlier is when you are setting up really any tent, you know, take the time, find the best spot, clear everything out that you can. Um, you know, usually when you're out in the bush, you got all the time in the world. You know, we're not rushing around like we do in our daily city lives. So perfectly fine to take the next five, 10 minutes and just make sure where your place in the tent is nice and flat. Make sure your head's on the uphill side so you don't wake up with a big headache. Now, all these things can be carefully planned. You have the time to do it, um, and it will make a difference in the end when you go to bed. All right. So now we're going to move on to the third of our tents. Okay, so what are we looking at with this third tent today? So the tiger wall is what I can see is a little bit of a redesign of what you might find out of a fly creek. You're going to get double entry. I think that's the one thing that I've noticed the most. The setup is quite similar, but more focused for a two-person adventure. With the Fly Creek, you're going to want that little weight savings. You're going to have less convenience in and out of the tent. You might have to climb over your gear being a tunnel entry side, a front entry side, and you might disturb the person next to you in a two-person environment. The advantage of moving to this is that you get the weight savings over the copper spur. You get the setup similar of the Fly Creek, but you get the convenience of a double vestibule. And we're looking at the three-person tent here, by the way. And you've got your own entry exit. So if you need to get up in the middle of the night, go to little boy's room, little girl's room. You're out your own side and you don't have to really clamber over all of your extra gear. Um, the two-person version, going right back to what we talked earlier about a bike, um, a bike trekker, a uh, motorbike trekker, someone who wants the extra space and extra gear um, is a good option um, because you'll be able to bring that gear inside or use the other vestibule for, for stuff that you don't need when you get to camp. Yeah. I must admit, I've come across a few people over the last few years, um, and I, I occasionally get asked this question, you know, I'm six foot six to seven foot tall, what tent should I be looking at? Uh, and I think, you know, once you're starting to get up into that sort of heights, and it's typically men that we're talking about here, um, they quite often, one of the options is to go for a three-person tent. It gives you a bit more flexibility. You can sleep a bit more diagonally across the tent, and the second person doesn't end up being jammed into a corner. So I think uh, I haven't personally used a three-person tent. It's always been two-person or one-person. Um, but I think certainly uh, looking at this, there's uh, there's plenty of space uh, in this one. It would comfortably fit three people. It just means the person in the middle is going to have to climb over somebody if there, yeah. are, if there are three people in the tent. Well, and, and they're cozy designs. So the three-person, not only for someone who is a bit taller, and doesn't want to have their feet and toes pressed against the bottom of the tent. 
um, is a good reason to maybe look at the bigger space of the three person. Uh, I think the three person as well is going to be ideal for that two person adventure where you're going to have larger, potentially rectangular shaped, thicker mattresses where maybe that two person copper spur, you're going to need to, to use a mummy shaped sleeping mat. You're going to need to sleep head to head, not head to foot. Uh, so the three person will give you not only that extra space, but also the ability to choose the other gear. Some people love to have that extra space of the rectangular mattress, maybe a, a 25 inch wide versus a 20 inch wide. And, um, with the three person, you can do two of those with the two person versions of the big Agnes tents. You're often, you know, just using those normal width mummy shaped sleeping mats. So it, you know, think about what your gear is that exists, and, and that might mean that you pick the three over the two and accept that little extra weight. Okay, so with the Tiger Wall, we've got um, a three-person ver- three-person version and a two-person version. Now, just looking at the prices on these, they appear to be a bit cheaper than the um, the Copper Spur and the Fly Creek. Is that is that the the case, as far as a a, a price points concerned? I don't think they're too far off, but it does give you the option if the Fly Creek, with its design, how it's built, is is just a little bit too far for yeah. you. Yeah. Then you can just slowly, incrementally step your way back, and you get their quality design. But you're going to find that you'll save a little bit more on your pocket and go put that into a better stove, a better backpack. Uh, always a consideration. Um have an idea in your head when you walk into a retail store or online that, you know, here's what I'm looking to invest, but maybe have a little bit of open mind. <laughs> you might find that for a little bit less, you actually get a better tent that's suited for your needs. Or maybe that little bit more moves you to something that's significantly better. So make sure you're always weighing those options and also the trade-offs that come with it. Uh, it's no best option for everyone. Uh, the key is to really get a good, clear understanding of what your needs are, where you're going, how long you're going to be out. And then we get to help step in and narrow down the focus and narrow down all these options to hopefully assist you in selecting the perfect tent that's going to get you out there and it's going to work for all the adventures that you want to go on. All right. So as as Chuck said, really what you need to do is decide is what features are important to you. Is it weight? Is it cost? Is it features or space? Um, and then decide um, uh, from pricing uh, and then look at uh, what it is that you're actually after. I must admit, I I'm, I'm tend to be a bit, a bit of a gearhead. I uh, will look always look at the full range and not necessarily rule anything out price-wise. Uh, I'll look at the features first and then determine from, from their pricing. And I think that's not a bad way to go. Uh, you'll often find online you can buy cheap tents from overseas that have been made in in factories they're often copies of of even these tents um but as chuck was saying the materials that go into here the technology that's being put into to this range of tents that's nothing or that's not something you can actually see from a photo you've actually got to touch and feel and see how the actual uh, materials last and how long the tents will last for I mean, if you're only going to be camping once a year, the cheaper tents are, the, you know, and, uh, are often the way to go. For me, where I'm camping quite regularly, 
investing in a better quality tent that's going to last a bit longer. And as I said, my copper spur is now uh, bordering on three years old and it's performing really well. I've had not have any issues with it at all. So I think paying the, uh, that bit extra over the, the cheaper copy versions, um, uh, you know, I probably would have had to replace it given the number of times I've been camping one or uh, two or three times. So I think it's the bit of extra investment to start with to get all the materials, all the investment, all the features that go into these these tents. Yeah, I would I would kind of add to that as well is from what we're speaking about here, I mean, we're talking about, you know, Australia-wise, we're looking at an investment somewhere between about five and $700 uh, for one of these tents. That's not cheap. What happens if you spend less than that? What happens if you start buying into the two to $300 tents? Uh, I think you're going to get one of two things. You're going to get something that definitely is, is double, sometimes triple the weight. Yeah. And, and then we're also going to look at a, a faster fatigue to the tent itself, not necessarily going to be stronger, might be equally as strong, but with equal strength, you're going to add significant weight. Spending more, because we're definitely going to have some premium options that are going to push you into that thousand, thousand plus dollar range. You know, what are you getting? Why are you investing more? I think you're going to get two things there. You're going to get the same durability, but you're going to get lighter weight even more. Yep. Yep. Or you're going to find that the weights really don't change, but you're going to become very specialized in what you're going to get. This is where premium four-season tents come in. Uh, uh, look, look out for a new material coming out soon, which is a uh, carbon dyneema. Um, this is, you know, this is going to blow everyone's mind in the ultra lightweight world. And, you know, look for space here at Wild Earth as well. We're always looking to carry the biggest and the best brands possible uh, and the latest technology. Not quite yet here in store, um, but that's kind of what you can expect. You can expect the leading materials and the leading designs and potentially tents that are really designed for the most extreme places on the world. Um, do you need that? Some people may. Most people, I think, are quite happy. Um, buying a copper spur, using it rigorously, and continuing year after year to enjoy their experience with the brand, with the products they provide. All right. No, that's definitely, definitely uh, wise words there. It's sort of uh, people will often focus on what's the cheapest thing I can buy. Really, you need to focus on what is the tent or what is the product that suits my needs. And then you've got to look at the budget you've got to work with. So today we've been talking to Chuck Cartrell, store manager here at Wild Earth on the Gold Coast, about Big Agnes tents. So thanks very much for your time, Chuck. Much appreciated. Yeah, thank you very much for visiting the shop. In today's episode, we discussed three tents from the Big Agnes range. So if you are looking for a new tent, these options are definitely worth considering. As mentioned, uh, we own the Copper Spur uh, UL2 tent, and we've had that for just over three years, and have been very happy with it. In episode 48, we discussed choosing a tent for hiking, and Chuck has just reinforced much of that discussion. So if you're looking for a new tent, you need to work out what your needs and budget are and make your choice based on those requirements. Now, Wild Earth has been kind enough to provide a Copper Spur UL2 Platinum tent, and we'll be testing it out later this month on a trip we that Jill and I are doing in the Australian Alps. So keep an eye out in early January for the review of this uh, this tent that's that's new to the market. 
So hopefully this episode has provided a bit of clarity for you, um, particularly if you're out to uh, purchase a new tent. In next week's episode, we'll be discussing the impacts of long-distance hiking, uh, both mental and physical. Now, as always, this episode is available for download on Stitcher Radio, Spotify and iTunes and other podcatching services as, as you may want to listen to. If you have a chance, please go through and give us a five-star rating on iTunes to help get the message out there. That's all for this week. Bye for now. And bye from me.